Welcome to the EdTech Marketing Podcast, hosted by Mateo Elvira, a former tech sales rep turned digital marketer. If you're an EdTech organization struggling with how to leverage the power of digital marketing, then sign up for this weekly podcast that aims to help. Week by week, our featured guests will share their top tips that you can put into action today. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in to the EdTech Marketing Podcast. We have a super special guest for you today. We'll be talking to Kim Garcia, who is a district strategy consultant for the EdTech company Nearpod, based out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She's been, uh, she has a bunch of experience working in education as well as EdTech, so excited to get her thoughts and opinions about the space. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Kim. How are you today? Hi, Mateo. I'm really good. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess for starters, do you mind just giving like a quick overview of um, kind of your experience? Obviously, it's a very unique one. When we chatted, when we first met, you were originally in the classroom. You went to EdTech. You kind of had like a back and forth uh, relationship with EdTech and being in the classroom. Do you mind just giving us like a quick rundown of your experience in education and EdTech? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I started my career as an elementary school teacher. I went, that was what I went to my undergrad for. Um, I taught in the state of Florida for a few years and, um, hadn't really planned on using technology. It just, uh, was at a school I was working at. And I, I found out that I, I really loved using technology with my students. And, um, I had an opportunity to join an ed tech company called Promethean, um, which at the time was really big with um, interactive whiteboards. And um, so I worked with them for a little, uh, I think it was a little over three years as, uh, a, sales, as a sales consultant um, covering South Florida and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So basically, I worked with teachers to help them learn how to use the, the Promethean technologies in their classrooms and helping the districts to, uh, to be successful when they were purchasing the products. Um, and then I from there, went to work for one of the um, one of the reseller partners. So one of the companies that sold Promethean in the local area, they were starting uh, a professional development team, and so I went over and worked with them for a little while to help them get that started. Um, they had mostly been selling into um, into schools, talking to like the IT directors, and they didn't really have a curriculum and an instructional background on their sales team. So they needed somebody to come in that could kind of talk to. The folks that were on the instructional technology, instructional technology side, the curriculum side. Um, so I did that for a while, about a year. Um, had some things in my personal life that required me to move across the country, and at that point, um, I had to find a, a new role because I was going to be living in Michigan and couldn't work uh, from across the country. So I decided at that point to go back into the classroom. I um, I had spent four years in ed tech and. I got to see a lot of really great things that teachers were doing, that school leaders and district leaders were doing. Um, and there was a lot of change in technology during that time. Um, when I first left the classroom, most classrooms probably had either no computers or maybe like three or four computers in the back of the classroom. Um, it was really not super um, super, what's the word I'm looking for? There, there wasn't a lot of technology use going on. If it was, it was, um, it was, you know, a, an interactive whiteboard or a, a pull down screen with a projector. Um, and there weren't a lot of student devices at that time. And then during that, the time I had left the classroom, we started to start, we started to see things like bring your own device and laptop carts and iPads being brought into classrooms. 
Um, and I kind of wanted to go back and actually try some of the things that I was talking about myself. So I had never taught in a one-to-one -one setting where every student had a device. Um, I hadn't used iPads with students. I talked about it with teachers a lot, but I'd never done it myself. So I actually decided um, at that point when I had to move across the country that I was going to go back to teaching for a while. And I wanted to kind of fine tune my own instructional skills, but also try some of the things that I was going around and telling people about. I wanted to actually try them out with the students. So I did. I, I moved across the country and I taught for a few more years. Um, and then I was able to um, work for my local intermediate school district for a few more years after that, doing some, um, some instructional design work. We developed a, an online professional development portal for the state of Michigan um, for the teachers across Michigan. That was a grant funded position. So when that grant uh, was only able to keep me on part time, I needed to find something else. And um, that's when I also had moved back down to Florida. So it was back across the country. And um, that's what brought me to Nearpod. I had initially been looking at um, roles in instructional design because that's what I was doing prior to Nearpod. Um, and I was you know, interviewing at American Express and some healthcare companies and some of the um, like Royal Caribbean. And I just wasn't super um, passionate about creating learning programs for, for those industries. The K-12 sector was really where like my background and my passions lied. So I decided to start looking back into the ed tech field. And so that's kind of where, where I found Nearpod. Um, and so here I am back in the ed tech, uh, ed tech sphere for the last couple of years. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, any like insights that you can provide as far as like, you know, how schools make buying decisions or, you know, how they go about evaluating certain technologies for students or staff it seems like you were you were heavily involved in those decisions um when you were back in the school district correct yeah i was in some ways um i think it depends a lot on this if you were looking at school decisions it depends a lot on the school leadership um so at the school level some school leaders are looking at what their teachers are using. So there are a lot of programs out there now that are maybe they have a free version for teachers to access. And so they might look around and they see these, their teachers are using these products and they have a more in-depth version that's a paid version that the, the school could provide for the entire, the entire um, staff. So sometimes you'll have you know, school leaders that are looking at what are your, what are you guys using? What do you need? And actually bringing them into the conversations, which I think is probably the best way to do it, to get that kind of bottom up um, buy-in because then the teachers are wanting to use the products. Um, then there, you know, is obviously the other side of things where the leader is making that decision on their own. Um, they're evaluating things. And sometimes it's based on state, you know, state and district initiatives. Um, sometimes it's, it's, um, beyond that, sometimes it's just you have grant funding, you have to use it, you don't really have time to, you know, do as much of a deep dive as you want. So there's different reasons why they might include their staff in those purchasing decisions and other times where, you know, whether it's a personal reason for, for making the choice or because it's a time crunch or whatever it might be, um, they, might, they may be making that decision more on the administrative level. How have you seen EdTech evolve during the pandemic obviously like technology like you mentioned like one-to-one -one was still kind of new not too long ago and the pandemic really changed the way technology is used in the classroom obviously students had to work remotely how have you seen this impact the ed tech landscape um, from your perspective yeah so that's definitely something that i have been very interested in over the last couple of years um you know pre-covid we had 
innovative individuals, innovative, you know, schools, innovative districts um, that were already doing some really, uh, really great things with technology. They were already doing one-to-one. Their teachers were comfortable with different tech tools and using those effectively with their students. Um, And then you had individual schools, districts that weren't, whether it was a lack of resources, a lack of training, um, they weren't really using technology. Um, So pre-COVID, a lot of the tech companies were working with those folks that were ready for it, that were looking for that next solution. They were looking for a technology tool to meet a specific challenge that they had. Um, And when COVID hit, every school, every classroom needed to have some sort of technology to be able to run effectively. Um, And so some some of that was getting devices into the hands of the teachers and students. Some of that was making sure that that not only do they have devices, but they have the training to go along with it. So I know we talked a little bit about kind of the training side of things. Um, The trainings that we might have been doing pre-pandemic, the audience that we were working with might have been more so folks that were ready for that, that were looking for what is this technology tool and how can I use it effectively? With the pandemic, especially at the very beginning, we were working with folks that Um, you know, they might not even be familiar with, you know, Google tools or Microsoft tools. They might not have been familiar with how to use a video conferencing tool. So we're not just teaching them one specific ed tech tool, but we're also like, there's also other, um, barriers that might be just in terms of using technology in general. There's also, I think a shift of on the pedagogy side. So it's not just about learning to use the tools, like which buttons do you click? but how does this tool actually impact teaching and learning? So you're not only trying to get them to see, like these are the buttons you click to use the tool, but also like this is why you should be using technology. This is how it's going to help you. This is how it's going to help your students. And I think there was just a lot all at one time. Teachers were learning their learning management system, their formative assessment tools, their curriculum technology. There's all these different tools that they're having to learn in a very short period of time. And so sometimes it was a little overwhelming to try to keep track of everything and and figure out which tools were the best tools to help them meet their needs. Super interesting. What have you found has been like the biggest challenge? Is it just, you know, like you mentioned, the just having to adopt all this new technology at once? Like what, what is, what has Nearpod been, been working on to kind of help alleviate you know, the, the challenge of just being like inundated with all of these apps and technologies to use at once. So I think like, you know, for Nearpod or for any tech company, um, kind of what you're talking about there is that, you know, when there's all these things at once, like how can we help teachers not have to learn all of these different tools to do their job? And this was even prior to the pandemic. One of the reasons why I was really excited about going to Nearpod. And one of the reasons why I applied to work at Nearpod is because I saw a tool that did a lot of things that prior to Nearpod, I would have had to use three different tools to accomplish. And we've just continued to evolve to, to add more into kind of the, um, the backpack of the things we can do. So, you know, having tools that where teachers don't have to have 20 different things that they have to learn how to do just to get through a lesson. If there's a tool that has a lot of versatility, it's easier to train folks on a single tool. 
Um, it's less for the students to have to learn and it's all within one system. So it's just a little bit less of a, um, you know, I guess of a heavy lift for the teachers. Um, so I think that that tools that are going to be successful are going to be ones where there's not, there's not a huge lift on the part of the teacher to have to go from one tool to the next tool to the next tool just to get through their lesson. But when there's one tool that can do multiple things at once that can really help them feel more successful and, and solve a lot of their challenges without a huge investment of time and training. Yeah, or even just communicating well with some of the existing tools that teachers might be using already, right? Right, yes. The integration piece is definitely important because we know that there are certain things that, you know, Nearpod or, or any a tech tool typically has like a focus. And so nothing's going to do everything for you. So, you know, let's do what we do. Let's do it really well. But let's also integrate with your learning management system. Let's integrate with your single sign-on capabilities so that, again, it's, it's kind of, yes, it's easy to get in. It's easy to use. Um, so, again, lessening that, that load on the teachers. Absolutely. Um, I, I actually really admire Nearpod. Um, you know, for anyone listening out there, they do a really, really good job on Instagram reels, you know, just, you know, very entertaining, playful content, um, really providing teachers some value and some insights. Obviously, you guys were part of a, a very big acquisition, Renaissance Learning. So, you know, from my perspective, I think Nearpod is, is definitely a really good example of like what success could look like in the ed tech space. Um, you've been there for quite some time. Any like key attributes or, you know, things that you are really proud of as an organization that you feel like Nearpod kind of sets the standard for ed tech? I know we kind of talked a little bit about before, like, you know, just the ability to like really understand like the teacher's workflow has been like crucial to your guys' success. But anything you can like add on to that or allude to that in that area? Yeah, I mean, this is just my personal thoughts on things, I think again, going back to like why I joined Nearpod as a company, um, I've always been more interested in technology tools that don't try to take away the teacher from the equation, at least not too much, um, where they support the teacher. Because I do think that the relationship between students and teachers and students and each other is really important. And so I think Nearpod has good, done a great job of keeping the teacher at the center of what we do. Um, it's a tool to support the teacher and becoming, um, you know, great at their instructional practice, helping them do things that they might already be doing and giving them, you know, extra data on their student performance or just helping to make their lives a little bit easier. So you're already doing some great instructional things. Here's a tool that can make that even easier, even better for you. Um, and so I just think that Nearpod has done a really great job of trying to have empathy for teachers and what the teacher um, the teacher situation looks like and trying to solve for those teaching challenges. Um, you know, I know it's also important to consider things like what does it look like from the administrative perspective and how do we, you know, take care of the different, uh, the different decision makers or the different parts of the, you know, the, the whole school ecosystem. But I think one of the biggest things that will make any ed tech products successful is, the teachers actually utilizing it. If it's a tool, especially for the classroom, if it's an instructional tool, it has to work for the teachers. And if it doesn't work for the teachers, it's probably not going to be successful. So I think what Nearpod has done is really just try to understand the teachers and make sure that they 
feel like it's a tool for them, not something that's been done to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you guys have been been crushing it and uh, my mom's a retired teacher and, and her school uses Nearpod and I've seen Nearpod being used in an actual classroom setting and, and the students love it and the teachers love it. So I know it's a testament to all the hard work that you guys are doing up there. So great insights there, Kim. Um, before we close up the podcast here today, um, you know, for any like edtech founders here or someone, you know, who's very new to the edtech space, obviously you, you, you've been in edtech, you've been in the classroom. Do you have any like major takeaways or advice or feedback or tips that you could provide for someone who's relatively new to the edtech space or a founder to the edtech space as far as really understanding the, you know, what it's like to, to serve or be, you know, be a, be a business in, in this education landscape? Yeah, talk, talk to your users, talk to teachers. Um, if you can talk to students, uh, you know, observe what they're doing, observe the challenges that they have. Sometimes they don't know about things that, um, that could be solved with technology. So, you know, just spend some time getting to see what is actually happening in classrooms um, and how your tools or your services can actually make that easier and better for them. Um, you know, if, if you are a founder who was a former teacher, don't just use your own experience as a teacher as well, um, because sometimes the way that you taught is not how most teachers teach. Um, so even though your tool might have been great for you, it's also going to benefit you to make sure that you're getting feedback from other folks who might use it in a slightly different way or have had different challenges than you have. So just, you know, just talk to the teachers, talk to the administrators, learn from them and the challenges because they're hopefully seeing what's going on in their classroom. So talk to them and, and, you know, give them a chance to, to try out what you're building, to give you feedback. Um, there are people out there that are looking for those opportunities to, you know, provide feedback to folks. So don't be afraid to, to search them out. And uh, yeah. Really appreciate it, Kim. Uh, I guess for anyone out there listening that would love to pick your brain a little bit further, ask you some questions or, you know, even, you know, reach out to you as far as like employment opportunities at Nearpod, what is the best place for someone to find you? Uh, probably on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. Um, you can you can find me. Uh, it's actually kind of hard to find me because I have my maiden name in there. If you look for Kim Garcia, you're probably going to find a lot. Um, but if you look for Kim Garcia and then also add my maiden name, which is Jerzak, J-U-R-C-Z-A-K, you can find me there on LinkedIn. That's also Jerzak is my Twitter handle. I'm not as active on there, but you can find me there as well. Um, I don't hire anyone at Nearpod. So if you're looking for a job, I'm happy to talk to you about what it what it's like there. But I don't have any uh, hiring abilities. So just because I know a lot of people are looking to get into Nearpod, I don't want you uh, thinking I can... Uh, I can offer you any positions, but I can definitely let you know what life is like here and, and give you some insights. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you can point them in the right direction too. But um, Kim, thank you so much. Definitely appreciate your insights here. Um, for anyone listening out there, please go check out Nearpod. They're doing some awesome stuff on social media. Also just got acquired in February by a huge company, Renaissance. So they're definitely doing something right. And yeah, absolutely connect with Kim on LinkedIn. She's always posting some awesome content. So Kim, thanks again for your time and we will catch you all on the next episode.
Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the EdTech Marketing Podcast with your host, Mateo Elvira. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to help grow your EdTech audience. If you're keen to see these ideas can be applied in the real world, join us on the next week's episode. As always, you can head over to elvira.media to learn more about our digital marketing services for EdTech brands. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.